ready to go. Um, my heart, uh, what I had uh, to share, uh, I like to sort of ask the Lord about the times and seasons we live in. I like to get a word that sort of helps me live today. So he's very faithful. He's, um, he downloads stuff to me just when I'm reading or as I worship. I find uh, worship music today is quite anointed now. We're getting uh, songs uh, that are coming from heaven and uh, it's bringing you up. So if you are having trouble hearing the Lord, I would say to you, get some new songs, get some new music. It's fantastic stuff out there today and it's just coming now in strength and power. So I put that on and usually, you know, I'll worship and then I'll, I just stop and I start to uh, talk to the Lord. I'll just talk to him as the worship goes and I'll pour out my heart to him. And when I do that and I stop and I listen, I find that that's when things can drop in. And if you haven't done that, I would encourage you, um, he is your friend. He is your friend. And yes, I pray in tongues and I decree and I break, and I use the name of Jesus, and I do all that, but I also talk to him as a friend, and I find that that is the sweetest time, and they're the times that he gives me um, things that uh, propel me forward, that none of that other stuff, as good as it is, but that sweetness of his voice pushes you on, and it just, uh, it ruins you for the kingdom, that's what it does. Uh, I've got, uh, where am I? Uh, Hebrews. I'm in Hebrews, uh, the great chapter of faith, Hebrews 11. I believe we're in days where heroes, ordinary uh, people of God, are becoming heroes in the kingdom. Uh, whether you realize it or not, this season has been uh, tough. It's been a season of separation. It's been a season of choice uh, because God has got his timetable uh, and it is overriding everything now. And uh, if you have surrendered or are in the process of surrendering and your life is still a mess, but you're surrendering, I would say to you, your greatest days are ahead. If there's one thing to come out of your mouth, it would be that. My greatest days are ahead. Whatever is going on, declare that over your family, over your business, over your children, over your wallets, your greatest days. Because God is on the move. He hasn't forsaken. He's been um, faithful to his word throughout scripture. Um, I'm in um, Hebrews 11 because I just want to share uh, with you briefly. Um, where am I? I want to talk to you about uh, someone in Hebrews 11:32. Here we go. And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Bar Barak, Samson, Jephthah, also of David, Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong. If there's a word for today, out of weakness you are being made strong. Out of weakness, you have been made strong. Became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. There's a person in there I wanted to pull out and it was Daniel. 
His name means God is my judge. And his book proclaims that God will work out his plans even when all seems lost. His hand is working. And we haven't seen a lot of what the Lord's been doing in this last season, but he is working. And as his hand lifts, we will see incredible things that will come to pass. His life is a roadmap for finding your way into God's plans and purposes in the darkest of times. And you can do it. Righto, um, he in verse 33, he was the one uh, that stopped the mouth of the lion. That was Daniel 6. In verse 34, quenched the violence of fire. They were his mates, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Daniel 3. And they went into that fire declaring that whether or not God saved them, they would still go in and not worship another God. And that's our heart. That's what this season's been doing. It's been saying that double-mindedness, I will worship God when it's good, when it's bad, I will not worship him as much. And you've got to uh, make that choice, come across, get out of that grey area. It's starting to be black and white. And whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether it's up, whether it's down, we will worship our God because he is the king. He is the Lord. He died for you. He paid a price for you, your value. You are invaluable to heaven. He loves you with a love that will go on and on and on. Regardless of what you do, what you say, his love is constant. And he's making a people that will love him like that. So here we go. So this was Daniel. Daniel was someone who was born into Judah's royal family. He was wealthy. He was highly educated. He was around when Jeremiah the prophet was warning the Jewish people, turn back, turn back. And that's what we've been hearing. Turn back, surrender, turn back. He was 15 year, years old, about, when Daniel saw King Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, come in, invade, destroy Solomon's temple. Beautiful building, gone. He saw it. And when uh, the king went back to Babylon, took about two months on foot, he made that track back. He took with him, the king of Babylon took with him, the, with him the king of Judah, the gold and silver in Solomon's temple, Jewish children and some of the king's descendants and nobles. Daniel was one of them. You've got to understand, we read so lightly over some of these people's lives, but incredible prices were paid in their journey and we see the cream of what they did but uh, it's the preparation time it's this time it's your preparation time this time that's going to show the decisions that have been made and I believe as I was uh, just standing there in worship I had the words float through heroes 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 are being made they kept coming and I believe that that is you you are a hero in your generation you are being prepared as common, as an ordinary as you see yourself, you have the king of glory on the inside of you. And as that continues to shine, as, as more of him comes into you and less of you goes out, you'll start to shine and it will be him. Daniel 1.4 describes uh, these nobles in Daniel 1.4. It says, young men in whom there was no blemish, good looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge, quick to understand, who had ability to serve in the king's palace. 
and who might teach the language and literature of the Chaldeans. So they were the people that the king wanted. He wanted the cream of the crop and Daniel was one of them. His life got tipped upside down. No one would have thought that he would spend his life in the service of a foreign king never to return. So Daniel had every reason to be bitter. He was taken by force from his family at 15, 15, teenager. He was given a new name, Belshazzar, and that was the false god of the day, the temple that they'd built. He got it. Lucky him. He was forced to serve in a foreign palace amongst dark magic, worshipping false gods. 15 years of age. Two months he had to trek and they, I believe they had chains. They were in chains. He was a prisoner. He was a royal, royal palace. What did Daniel do? What do we do when the hard things come at us? What do we do? You have to take stock and you have to make a decision. And we see it in Daniel 1.8. It says, uh, Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. Daniel purposed in his heart and every crossroad in our life, if you would come to that and purpose in your heart that you will not go to the left or to the right, but you will follow your God the best you can, then he will take you. And you will see in Daniel's life what God did, but it was at 15 years of age that he purposed in his heart when his life got turned upside down, that he would follow his God. So your will is the most powerful thing you possess because God won't touch it. He will not touch your free will. He lets people choose heaven or hell. He will not touch it. So when you make your will line up with God, you set yourself on a course where God can bless you, where he can move in your life where he can um, start to push things out of the way. But until you make that with all your heart, it's very hard to live in that choppiness. So use your will. Daniel's life proves uh, it's not what happens to you. It's not what happens to you that's the matter. It's what you do with what happens. It's what you do with what happens to you. It will not, uh, those things, and they can be incredibly difficult things. I'm not making light of that. But I'm saying it will not, it will not um, define your life or who you are. If you choose God, he will go into the very depths of who you are and fix you. He will fix you. But you have to make a choice to follow the Lord. You're not to follow your own way. You're not to follow the way of your peers if they're not going God's way. And sometimes that's hard because you're pioneering a path. You're to follow the Lord. You make choices to follow the Lord all the days of your life. And if you do, he will give you the desires of your heart. That's the promise. That's the promise. The promises are coming in. With all your heart, with all your heart, follow him. And he will give you the desires of your heart. All right, so if you've been broken in life, today I stand, if you've been broken in life by heartache, sickness, if you've been broken mentally, emotionally, whatever's happened to you, if you will reach out to the Lord, I say to you, let your opinions, let your frustrations, your anger, let them drain out of you 
and he will fill you in those broken places. And it's a testimony. Joseph was testimony. Daniel's testimony. What the enemy meant for evil, God will turn for good. So he will use it for his purpose. He will use it. And Daniel, we'll see in his life now, a um, hundred years before Daniel was born, Isaiah was prophesying to Hezekiah, one of the kings, a um, hundred years back. In Isaiah 39, this is where God knows his timetable. God is in control now of what's going on in the church. He's in control now of the events that are taking place. It's his, it's his will, his way. Uh, Isaiah 39:67 proves uh, that he knows the beginning from the end. It says, behold, he's talking to the king Isaiah. Behold, the days are coming when all that is in your house, this is the king of Israel, uh, Judah, sorry, all that is in your house and what your fathers have accumulated until this day shall be carried to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, says the Lord. This is a hundred years before it happened. And they shall take away some of your sons who will descend from you, whom you will beget, and they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Verse 7. And that was Daniel. Imagine Daniel running around. I've got a prophecy from the Lord. It says, I'm going to the king of Babylon. It says, I'm going to uh, serve him. It's not a great prophecy, is it? But he, he went under it and he said, Lord, I'll go with you. Regardless, I'll go with you. You'll work it out. And he does. Let's have a look. Here are some of his highlights. I can't go through all his life. But take time. If this speaks to you, then go back to the scriptures. Go back. Um, if your life is up and down, I would say to you, go back to the word. It's rich. It anchors you. It gives you a strength that prayer cannot. Prayer has a different strength. But the word is rich. It anchors you. It hooks you into God's plans and purposes. He puts a strength in you that only the word can give you. So you must go back, uh, go back into the word. Daniel 2 says um, uh, he's, he's got to do three years in training of the dark arts in the Babylon um, palace with King Nebuchadnezzar. He's a teenager still. He's about 19 at this stage. And the king has a dream. And all the wise men and magicians of his uh, dark magic could not. He wanted them to tell him, tell him the dream and then interpret it. And they could not do it. And they said, it's impossible. And Daniel hears of it. And he asks for time. He goes to his friends and says, we need to ask God. They go on their knees and they ask God to reveal the dream and its interpretation. And God does. He's 19 years of age. Daniel 2, 27, 28 says to the king, the secret, so Daniel goes to the king, the secret which the king has demanded, the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, the soothsayers cannot declare to you. But there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets and he has made to known to the king Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. And he tells him what the, the meaning of the dream is. So he saves their lives. They were going under the knife. He wanted to kill all the wise men and Daniel saved all the wicked soothsayers, magicians, he saved their life. And we've got to come to a point where we understand people who are in darkness are searching for God, but they're doing it in a dark way. And our life, as we lay it down, we are making a way for them to come in. And I believe that there is a great harvest coming from the new ages, from those who've gone out in dark places. They are coming in. 
And as we rise and keep going in the prophetic and let the gifts flow, they will be so great they will come in. I believe that with all my heart. There's going to be so many of them uh, delivered, set free and moving in the gifts that God gave them for his kingdom. In Daniel 6, uh, I'm, I'm skipping a few. We've got Daniel 3, the fiery furnace of his three mates. Daniel 4, uh, Daniel 4 talks about Daniel giving the king, telling him this is a great word. You're going to go mad for seven years and then you're going to come back. And he has to tell him and he does. That's Daniel 4. Daniel 5, there's writing on the wall. He's about 60 years of age now. He's still going. Daniel 5, uh, the writing on the wall, the hand, there's no arm or anything. It's just writing and it's talking about uh, this is Nebuchadnezzar's son, very wicked man, that it's over. See, God, God's in control. He's got a timeline. Now we're in Daniel 6. He's 80 years of age and this is the third king he's serving, King Darius. He wanted uh, all to bow down to this statue. Oh, no, for all them to bow down for 30 days. And those who wouldn't would be cast into the den of lions. He's 80 now. So all the kids' pictures of this young man, they're not right. He's 80 years of age. And what does he do? Daniel 6 verse 10. He went home. He knelt down on his knees. Three times that day he prayed. He gave thanks before his God as was his custom since early days. So someone's after you, no, you're going to die. And he gave thanks. He gave thanks. When you're in your hardest place, if you will just start to give thanks, even if tears are rolling down your eyes in the darkest place, if you will close your eyes and start to give thanks, heaven starts to move and things start to happen. In the darkest of times, give thanks thanks give thanks in all circumstance what happened to him he got cast into the lion's den Daniel got cast what did the king say to Daniel your God whom you serve continually he will deliver you they're very comforting words <laughs> your God whom you serve continually he will deliver you and what happened in verse 22 Daniel the next day says to the king, my God sent his angel, shut the lion's mouth so they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. And also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. So God saved him. We are now in Daniel 9. We're moving along. Daniel 9, he's still just over about 80 years of age and he's in the scriptures He's reading his word. Daniel's a man of the word. Uh, you've got to understand in the New Testament, they did not have the New Testament. The disciples did not have it. They moved on the old. They were living off the old. The, the new had not been written. They were writing it. They were getting as it was coming through, but they were living the book of Acts and they were living in the Old Testament. Okay? So the old, they're drawing off these people. They're drawing off their lives. Jesus knew the Old Testament. He knew it is written. It is written. It was coming out of Deuteronomy. It is written. The Old Testament is awesome. When you add it with the new, it is really powerful. So that's Daniel. He's in the word. In the first year of Darius' reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books, the book of Jeremiah, the number of years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet, 
that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolation of Jerusalem. He realised that the 70 years now had come up. It had ended, that they were to be in exile. It was time for them to go home, rebuild the temple. He knew that. What does he do? Sets his face toward the Lord. Makes requests in prayers, supplications, fasting, sackcloth, ashes. And he was asking God to fulfil it. So he was before the Lord saying, Lord, your time says, Jeremiah said, 70 years, it's 70 years. And he started, started to pray. Guess what? They started to go home. He did not. Daniel did not uh, go back. But he was instrumental in doing what God had him to do in his time. And he was in a dark place. But every time he stood up for God, he shifted things. What God wanted to do, he shifted things. And I would say to you, uh, chapter 10 shows another time in prayer. Um, he's got another three weeks. He has encounters of visions, encounters of uh, Michael, the archangel, uh, comes, um, talks to him about uh, future events, some that have happened, some that are still to be um, outworked. Um, it, it shows a prayer life. Daniel 9, if you want to know how to pray, go into Daniel 9. He starts to pour out his heart. He reminds the Lord of his word. Uh, you can see him pray. Uh, and as he does, God hears. And the, ga- a- the angel Gabriel comes. And this day, as we have drawn near to God, he has drawn near to us. And heaven is, is starting to invade. The veil is getting very thin now. Angels have been released to come on assignment. As you pray, the angelic hosts are moving. You can't see them, but they are moving. And that's, uh, Jude was talking about her decrees, her prophesying. This is the season to be doing that, to getting hold of God's word and saying, this is what you said, Lord. This is what is going to come to pass. And he is sending the angelic hosts out to move things, maneuver things. The uh, scripture is very clear that your kingdom will come. Your will will be done on earth, in my life in your life, in our families, as it is in heaven. And as we pray that, heaven has no sickness, no disease, it has no poverty, it has no lack, it has no depression, it has nothing, nothing exists there that we experience here on the earth. And God wants to invade in this hour as we've drawn near to him. He wants to start to invade and turn things around. Your life is not done with. It's just beginning. Your life is just beginning into one of the greatest seasons in church history. And I can say that, uh, I'm pretty confident about that. Because I'm hearing it. I'm hearing it. God's telling me. I keep saying, Lord, it's, you know, it's good. It's a good time for me to be, leave the earth. If you want to take me, Lord, I'm good to go. And he says to me, you've got to be kidding me. Heaven is coming to the earth. And he says that to me. Heaven is coming to the earth. Heaven is coming to the earth. And he is, and your greatest days are ahead of you. You have greatness written on the inside of you because you belong to the king, the greatest king of kings, lord of lords. He is the greatest. You belong to him. He has written his plans and purposes on the inside of you, and they shall come to pass. You've made it through the hardest times. The times now have changed. They've changed 
um, the surrender has, has come. You've decided to go with the Lord regardless of what's going to happen. So I say to you, if you're going to fall, fall forward because you're taking ground now. You're taking ground. Someone will pick you up. That's what I say to people where I work. I say, we fall forward now. We're not going backwards. We're going forwards. Every inch counts now. Every inch counts. And your families, your prayers, your decrees, everything you have done in the season, in your family line, your generational line now, the Spirit of God is breathing on it. And the enemy knew. He knew what was coming. And he tried to stop it. We even had COVID go. It's a virus. It will pass. The fear that it brought is being broken. It will not stand. Hope is rising. Faith is rising. Jesus is on the move. Things shall come to pass. Jeremiah 29, 11, Daniel took hold of that when he read it and said to them, the plans, God's plans that he has for you are to prosper you and not harm you, give you a future and a hope. And they went back into Jerusalem and rebuilt the second temple on that. And I would declare to you today, take that word. God's plans are for you. His purpose will come to pass. You have a future and a hope. Use your mouth to declare the goodness and the kindness of God. Don't agree with the darkness. Don't speak the sorrows and the sighings anymore. They are past. The day is dawning and the light is breaking forward. That's about all i got for you today. I just, just uh, one more thing. Um, I, from time to time, our mouth gets negative, yes? And it happens to me. And I just uh, pray and repent and break things. And if you've never done that, I just wanted you to follow me in a prayer. Because when you do this, it erases everything and you start again. And sometimes that's what we need to do. So repeat after me. Father, in Jesus' name. I come to you and repent for allowing the enemy to use my mouth as a weapon against you, against myself and others. I repent for backbiting, for gossiping, for putting myself and others down, for cursing, and not speaking in love. I renounce any association with the enemy in this matter. I break, in Jesus' name, the enemy's power over my life, over my family, right now. I loose anyone who has spoken against me, who has cursed me, who has hurt me? Who has abused me? I declare I am free to love and serve you, Father. In Jesus' name. Now use your mouth to bless, to speak life, freedom, liberty.
Declare your greatest days are ahead in Jesus' name. Uh, More? <laughs> cool. Hey, there's a bit of a theme. There's, well, there's many, but there's one of the themes that's happening this morning is that sense of declaration. Bringing your, bringing your words in, into line with God. Amen? We bring our words into align with God's words. Our mouths come into align with him. And when we align, there is power. Amen? There is so much power. For some reason, one of the words I, I got, and I, you know, I just want to encourage you this morning in it, that to not come under stuff. Because that's not your position. Because you are seated in the heavenly places in Christ. But, you know, you walk around and you experience stuff and there's stuff happening in the spiritual realm and sometimes you can let that start to dictate to you rather than the fact that you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. You know, one of the things that we're hitting in Bundaberg at the moment is witchcraft. You know, and people, people having encounters with that, you know, but that's because we're hitting it. We're hitting it in prayer. We're not, we're not, we're not hitting it. With our, with our fists, because our battle's not against flesh and blood, but, it's, you know, but we're hitting it spiritually. We're hitting it with our prayers. We're hitting it. Amen? And sometimes you can, you can come under stuff. When you have times when you feel like your head just feels like, what do I even know? You know, when you feel confused, when you feel heavy, when you feel this stuff, it, it, it can be the effects of witchcraft. And I just want to encourage you that when you start to feel stuff, you don't partner with that because you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. And so one of the things that Jude, that you know, God has been saying through Jude and through Liz this morning is to rise above and to be the people of uh, authority that you are in Christ because it is His kingdom come and it is His, His will be done. Amen? Amen? So let's be the mighty warriors that we are and continue to take this place for Jesus. Amen?